All right, welcome back. Uh, it's Tampa Bay Cop Talk. Uh, we're trying something a little different this time. We're going to do a little preview of the upcoming match, which is against Leeds United this Saturday, 12.30 Eastern Standard Time. Uh, make sure you're tuning in to catch that. But before we get into previewing leads, if you haven't been uh, interacting with what is called uh, football Twitter or football Reddit or the online football universe, uh, you may not be hip to the fact that we, as a club, despite finishing last year with 99 points and winning the title, we are actually on the brink of imploding and sinking into the depths and fighting relegation all because we won't shell out the transfer money uh, that people want us to. We missed out on Timo Werner. We missed out on Kai Havertz. Chelsea spending you know, money like they're owned by an oligarch, so to speak. Uh, and our fans on the internet are very upset and seem to have lost their mind. And so we're going to spend maybe 10, 15 minutes trying to calm you if you are one of those insane people who, when things are the greatest and the best they've ever been, can't seem to find happiness. Um, and to you, I say, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> That's exactly where I want to go. It's just like, guys... R-E-L-A-X. Relax. I mean, it's just... Dude, though, it's funny to see some of these comments. It's like, I'm seeing stuff, because, like, I'll see all these pictures of people posting, like, uh, somebody photoshopped into a Liverpool jersey on Instagram, and all the comments underneath it are, Klopp is going to leave if they don't spend FSG out. Can't believe they're not improving. And it's like, guys, they just put up 99 points, won the league, we're kind of a lucky mistake away from maybe having a run deep into the Champions League and not good enough, not good enough, not good enough. It's like, come on, guys. So I, I just I, I empathize a little bit because I think what it is, it's just after for so long being the bridesmaid, sometimes it's like when you're finally there, you're finally at the altar, it's like it's almost unbelievable. It's like, no, it still can't be real. It's not real life yet. So maybe people just need to get into – that mentality of, hey, it's okay. They're on top. You can relax now. But that's me being nice. Me being a jerk and just coming at it is like, y'all need to shut the bleep up, watch football, and don't worry about the transfer budget because you don't win like in Madden or in FIFA where you just spend a bunch of money and then you get the best players and then it's all good. That's not how football works. That's not how any of this works, guys, especially in the middle of a pandemic where, you know, we still got people bleeding out money left and right. Football club's the same. That's, that's not really the way to go about this. So I'm just like, yo, just chill. It's going to be fine. The game start, and we'll all be good. I feel like nothing could out you more as a Johnny come lately than saying Klopp's going to leave if they don't spend right. money. Like, you clearly don't know anything about this man. <laughs> yeah, no, he doesn't like Disney money. I mean – at, well, at Dor- sorry to piggyback off your point. When he was at Dortmund, he bought Lewandowski, who at that particular time he played for my wife's hometown club. She has an autographed photo with him when she was like 15, so it was kind of cute. It's kind of rude. <laughs> and like Lewandowski also looks like he's 15. It's kind of funny. Anyway, he bought that man for like, I, I want to say like 2 million euros or some dumb, some, some ridiculous. No, yeah. so the- arguably, the funny- he should be the Belando or winner, you know? So the funny, I just want to, about that transfer, he was due to go to Leicester City, but that was when that Icelandic volcano had erupted and there was no flights off the continent. So because he couldn't fly to Leicester and finish the deal, Klopp and Dortmund came in and and swept him up and and got him instead. But yeah, it was for for pennies because at that point in time, Leicester really didn't have any money. 
to speak yeah. of. I think it was like, it, yeah, like you said, like 2 million. And like you said, yeah, he's almost the one day or winner. And yeah, that's what Klopp has always done. So if you're saying he's going to leave because we're not shelling out the cash, yeah, you are probably a Johnny come lately and, and you've outed <laughs> yourself and you need to stop doing that because we can see right through it. Their Especially mentality, people, mentality, not there. Got to be a mentality, mentality monster, guys. And, come and on. Let's be, wait, wait, wait. Let's be clear, though. It's okay if you're a Johnny, whatever you said. We, we, I love those fans, too. It's okay. You're yeah, not no, less no, of a no, fan no, no. than I am. But uh, chill out. And it's okay to be anxious because I'm the opposite of you guys. I'm freaking out. But I know my freaking out shit is, is nonsense. Like, I, I, like, conceptually know, like, from a mathematical fact, like, my anxiety is unfounded. <laughs> but I still have the anxiety, if that makes any sense. Well, no, no. Yeah. You said it perfectly, man. It's like having a bunch of people. It's like, all right, we was good. Everything was cool. We were happy in our little spot. And then you won the lotto. Now you got rich. Now what? Yeah. Go buy a Golden Benz? I don't know. Like, yeah, y'all, yeah. I want a Golden Toilet for sure. But <laughs> no, hey, I think Austin Powers say, hey, I want a Golden Toilet, but it's just not in the cars now, is it, baby? It's just not in the cars. Not a light. All right, for me, you know, I'm not – look, I, I have nothing against people who, like, just came on board. That's totally fine. That's not what I meant. Okay. But, like, Good. if you were climbing a mountain and it was your first time, would you, like, I don't know, listen to the Sherpas? You know what I mean? You know what I mean, I mean like, I, maybe I mean, I, yeah. listen to somebody who's, like, you know, been along for the ride for a while before you just, like, go mouth it off, be like, well, we got to go this way, guys. Like, or just, okay, this, look, I follow this guy who got me to the top before. Like, it, it, Klopp, Edwards, the whole team, they know what they're doing. They've gotten us to this point. I'm, a, I'm just, I'm following their lead. Yeah. So if they don't think we need to sign, then we don't need to sign somebody. You know, but, but I still think be- we probably will sign someone. The window doesn't close for, like, a month, people. Right. <laughs> it is true. It is true. We might have to sell like a, a Wilson or a Gruich to buy that person or a genie. Don't go genie. Don't so, go He's my boy, but it, those things might happen. But you got to remember, we live in a world of uncertainty. It's COVID. So like all those uncertainty and all that fear is just like, and not to mention, you got to remember football is a religion to a lot of people, which is uh, all kinds of opportunities for illogicalness. So it's yeah. just, it's just, uh, uh, you know, squared or cubed. Yeah. Because of this uncertain world that we you live in. We call fanatics for a reason. That's exactly. why yeah. fans yeah. fanatics. Go ahead. Yeah, of course. A, cu- a couple of the things that you touched on there, Andrew. It came out today, I think, via Pierce, which obviously all of the FSG out and we're not spending enough crowd will just claim it's club propaganda being fed through Pierce. But it came out today, I think it was Pierce or Ornstein said, uh, one of the main reasons we haven't been more active in the transfer market is that we aren't receiving the offers we normally expect to receive for some of the fringe players like Wilson, maybe like Gruich, uh, that we were looking to offload. Um, Because those offers haven't come in and we aren't willing to sell the players below the valuation that we have for them, which is a smart tactic as well, uh, we don't have the excess money to spend on transfers. Now, of course, everyone looks at the profits, but again, there's been so many posts on Twitter that go through this. The Swiss Ramble just did one. Uh, Mm -hmm. The Athletic got into it where it explains, like, look, guys, the wage bill's gone up. (laughs) And your transfer funds that you would have dumped into the transfer market aren't going to buying new players. They're basically going to re-signing your star players. On top of that, you've invested in a new Kirkby facility. You have plans in the works to extend Anfield Road. There's a lot of 
capital involved in doing that, that, you know, you can't spend on transfers. On top of that, the whole furlough thing, they wanted a furlough to cover the wages of some of the lower paid in, uh, income individuals at the club, which by the way, were one of only, I think five or six clubs in the Premier League that pay a living wage to every single employee. Um, just keep that in mind. But we wanted to furlough so we could cover that and have transfer funds. But then, you know, the fans got on the back of the club for doing that. Whatever your opinion on that is, it is what it is. They listen to the fans, which I think is a good thing for them to do, and they've shown their ability to do that. So they didn't furlough. Guess what the consequences of that is? We don't have as much expendable income to spend on players. So you can't have your cake and eat it too in that department. The key thing is, is that all, the money is going to places to improve the club for the future, even if it isn't for talent on the pitch. And guess what? That Kirkby facility, and we're going to plug the miscellanies that we did last season talking about the Kirkby facility. We said this. That facility is going to do just as much as a transfer signings will in developing players and building an identity. And, yeah, another thing you touched on, hey, guys, the window's open for another month. You're freaking out about something that hasn't even happened yet. We haven't not signed anyone yet because the window isn't over. So you can't freak out, you know, before it, it does or doesn't happen. If it doesn't happen and we get to that point in time and we haven't made any signings, then have a freak out. But then we're a month into the season. We could very well be on 16, 18 out of 18 points, you know? And then what, what were we all getting our, in a hissy fit about, you know? Well, you just touched on – you said it's not going into the squad, but, okay, we know that it is because, like, the amortization – of contracts so you didn't pay the whole fee up front you've got to pay that over time and then you've got to you bring in a genie one album four years ago on you know 90k a week but now he makes 250 or whatever it is because that's how you grow it and that's how you reward performance so all the money is getting spent just not on new faces it's not new shiny new things it's rewarding the, the people that right. got you to this point right so and David, it, it's Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. It's just, uh, what, what was I heard the other day that something like 70, 80% of our expenses are on the wage bill. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, you, you got to look at a club like Leeds. Wage bill every year. Yeah, it's a very high, it's one of the highest in the league. So you got to look at a club like Leeds, for example, who got promoted. I'm sure their wage bill isn't 70% of their, their, you know, their expenses. Right. So I'm sure no, it will be at some point, but not now, you know what I mean? That's why they're able to buy said players. And also, it goes without saying they obviously got income, whereas we lost income. Right? Well, no. So the thing with something like Leeds, you know, people always bring up Leeds or Newcastle spending money or whatever. But the thing that you have to remember about that is, you know, when you're coming from down here in the championship, you and you get some money, you buy to get your level up to a Premier League level. Sure. And you, if you can stay there, then you reward them with the salaries to match that level. We're the champions. So what are you going to buy to match that level? There's maybe 10, I don't know, maybe six, I'd say like six to eight players, not even 10 on the face of the planet that make this group better, that make them better than 99 points. And even still 99 points may not happen again. You got to think about all the the breaks that the, the things that broke for us in getting 99 points. Mane at Villa in the last couple seconds. You know, how many games did we pull out of of nothing, you know, where it looked like we might get a draw? That may not happen again. And it's not because we didn't sign somebody. It's just because I think that that's not always going to happen. They're not always going to shock you or always give you the the amazing moment. 
it will suck again, folks. At some point, we're not going to be champions. We're not going to be awesome <laughs> at some point. You're just going to have to – like, that's life. Don't don't yeah, I mean, I, I, I think to that point, Dave – <laughs> no, but Dave, no, to, to that point, it's like you got to have to kind of remember it's like what we're seeing, what we've seen over the last three years, literally all record setting years where you've had a year with 100 points, where you've had a year where you've got two teams in the high 90s, you've got a 99 point season, there has to be a regression to the mean. There's not going to be a season where we're going to see 112 points, 115. Like, that's just not the way it goes. You, you but that's what, a that's lot of people what, assume that the way that progress goes is linear. That's not it. The way no. it's probably going to go is you're going to have 100 points, and then the winner next year, maybe this season, could be at 88. And that could be Liverpool again. And if we see Liverpool at 88 points, I think all of us would say, like, yeah, this team could probably get 88 points. Why are we assuming they, they're going to need to get 99? Like, that's, that, that's asking a lot. We're, we're literally asking Liverpool to go and rewrite the book of football after they rewrote the book of football the last two years. Like, that's, 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 that's kind of insane, actually, when you think about it. It is. It's that's funny, what worries actually. me, though. That's, that's exactly it, though, right? Because you have a Manchester City side that is on par with Liverpool in this record-breaking nonsense, right? So – and they have a coach, and they have the oligarch. They have the, you know, the oil money, right? Which we don't have, right? They're not. And they got them an eighty-one point season last year. Right? I understand all, all that. that money <laughs> in the world, they, huh? they didn't. They didn't. You know, adjust accordingly during the off season. They didn't replace company, you know, and so on and so forth. They got Nathan, whatever the guy from um, Nathan Ake, yeah, yeah, that I can't pronounce it. The Dutch kid, right? He's no company, sure, but is he better than what they had, Otamendi and? Mm-hmm. Fernandinho, I'm sure he is, right? So well, well, maybe that 88 again, we're from assuming, 95. We're right. assuming that there's going to be like all kinds of then, stuff. But then yeah. here's the kicker, though. Since the front three has been a front three, they haven't been injured for any significant period of time. And every season, it's the same thing from the crowd of, oh, we're one injury away from being relegation contenders or some nonsense like that, right? Although that has not happened in three years because I guess we have the best doctors on planet Earth, I still think it still scares the hell out of me because if, if, if Mo gets injured or, or Mo decides I'm just going to have a crappy four months out of the year and then I'll find my four, then, you know, then the team suffers, obviously, right? So, again, I see all your points. I conceptually agree with them. Like, I conceptually understand that pregnancy is like giving birth is painful. But, <laughs> but at the same time, like, Stills too many questions, too much anxiety. Like, that's that's it. Is, it so you, you you look at a city, right? Is Nathan Ake better? I mean, maybe. yeah, probably. He's definitely younger and maybe a little bit more athletic. Then again, he was part of a defense that just got relegated. So, I mean, does he have potential? Yes. But is he going to have to live up to it? Yes. And that's a whole other thing. And it's, it's not like a guarantee. It's not like they're just going to go, boom, you're world class. It doesn't work like that. He's going to have to put it in the work. He may get hurt, whatever. It, it's, it goes both ways. Like, you can spend all the money and get nowhere. Yeah, Everton. Spend money and go all the way. Remember hey. when Everton won the transfer market two seasons ago and Richard Keyes, oh, uh, here's an early call. Here's an early call. <laughs> Everton finished ahead of Liverpool. Uh, here's, a, here's a late call. It didn't happen. It <laughs> <laughs> just got hotter. Hey, no, hey, yeah, hey. And as a as – a, as, you know – that's my countryman, right? Yeah. So, Hamas, I was so sad to see him go to Everton. But at the same time, you know, obviously, I'm going to be the Jerry, Jamie Carragher. 
Like when Everton's not playing Liverpool, I'll, I'll you know I'll support Everton for that reason. <laughs> Just for the national team's sake. Well, other than yeah. that, just support Hamas. You can just support Hamas. Yeah, yeah. I have the jersey in the in the dresser in the room. In person. <laughs> At Ray J, he did do that. But I to round oh, it man, off, so we don't. So because I feel like this will be another episode either at the end of the transfer window where we have to like round up the transfer window and like look at the squad and calm everyone again. In the meantime, in between time, you know, like the point being is, hey, they've earned the right for you to trust the way that they've done it for the last four or five years. Yeah, so yeah. yes. Okay. Instead of freaking out beforehand, because we can go in and guess what? Hey, what if we finish with 83 and we win the league? We'll just have a big fucking laugh, right? <laughs> and at that point, like, what was everyone worried about? So, like, until we get to that point, we get to the end of the season, what if we finish on 107 and City gets 109? Okay? Like, then we can have a discussion about all this sort of stuff. In the meantime, in between time, your bad vibes really fucking up the thing because, hey, bro, I waited 20 years to be a champion and go into a season to be a defending champion, and all I hear is people talking about, well, we haven't spent all this money. It's, you it's- know what? Yeah. Everyone, in the middle of a global economic crisis. Everyone had FOMO <laughs> when we signed Van Dyke. Everyone had FOMO when we signed Allison. Would I have liked Kai Havertz? Yeah. Not really into it for 300000 a week. Sorry. Not really into it. Uh, would it have been nice to get Timo Werner because he wanted to come? Yeah. Not really bothered by it, though. Um, none of these other players that the teams are signing, Nathan Aki, yeah, whatever. If we had gotten him, like, ah, whatever. I couldn't really be bothered. The team is boss. I take every single one of our players over any of those players that we just named. And, yeah, just calm down. And I feel like once football starts and we get into football and we start picking up points, that that's what's going to happen. And so that is our little segue into the real meat and potatoes of this episode. Uh, we're going to talk about leads. We're going to preview the leads matchup. Um, and so tell me what you know about Leeds, Andrew. What do you know about Leeds? Yo, so I was doing some heavy scouting, right? So, you know, I went to – I flew over to Leeds. I met with the owner, and he started giving me a run. Like right right? I, I saw a couple – I saw an episode or two of the Amazon documentary, and uh, I watched a couple of YouTube videos of what, you know, what uh, Leeds is doing the past couple of seasons. But, no, really, honestly, I mean, I met Calvin Phillips' grandmother. <laughs> during this episode she seemed like a lovely lady she can make me breakfast or you know we can have a chat over coffee you know other yeah. than that I, I got nothing yeah what about <laughs> you darius what is what is your inside take on on leads what do you what have you got i've really got nothing i mean i know that mark uh bielsa is uh, marco bielsa is a fantastic manager and is insane not just in the fact that he goes and allegedly or actually how are we gonna say it? no he spies fine. on other teams um but the fact that he has these thick binders in the year of our Lord 2020, he's still using paper um, like that, but these <laughs> thick binders full of scouting reports. Anyone who spends that much time researching their opponent to the point that you probably know your opponents better than you would know your own team. I, I kind of respect it. it, it so I, I respect the insanity of that level of football knowledge, but as far as the squad themselves, I'm, I'm, I mean, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I, I, don't, I can't give you much else. Yeah, Marco Bielsa is a mad scientist, <laughs> and he, he definitely dives deep into the football. And for that alone, they, they have to be respected a bit. David, you got any, any leads information for us? Uh, no, you know, not a whole lot. I mean, like, I know they play a pretty uh, interesting brand of football. Uh, he's a very charismatic manager. 
and he gets a, a lot of good buy-in from his players. Anytime you have that, uh, you can go places if you if everybody sticks to the plan, and then they've done that the last few years under him. I think you know uh, they're going to be. I think they'll probably stay up, which in and of itself will be an achievement. And the longer they stick around, crowds start coming back, leads start to become more of an important uh, factor in the Premier League. If they if they do everything right, which I think they have a guy that can lead that, we're going to be talking about them a lot more in the future because they do have resources and a big fan base and a lot of history behind them. So uh, they have a guy, by the way, I was looking at their roster. And I'm trying, I'm like, wait a minute. Is this Iker Casillas' brother? No, but I was going to say, I was going to say something about him. Uh, he is a three-time Champions League winner at Real Madrid. Yeah. Um, and, so, and so like to the point of like how, how they probably stay up, the one part of that is, Marco Bielsa being a world-class coach, being football obsessed, building their identity. They do have a good boardroom behind them. Finally, after they're plummeting through the divisions, uh, they do have a plan. They do have a goal. They do have a vision. They do have a style of football. It is open. Now, most of the time for teams that get promoted to the premiership, when they are open playing, i.e. last season's Norwich, it tends to not go so well. The difference here being Marco Bielsa and his his class. He really is class. He influenced the likes of Pep Guardiola, Jose Mourinho. I'm sure there's a bit of influence of Jurgen Klopp in there. I didn't get a chance to see Jurgen Klopp's press conference, but he was talking about Bielsa today. Um, as far as their tactics go, they play a 4-1-4-1. The, uh, the, four, the one being a holding midfielder than a striker. Um, their interesting thing here for them uh, and I think they're one of the only teams that does it in world football. And Marco Bielsa kind of pioneered this style of football. Uh, their outfield players are assigned to one of our outfield players. So they man mark. Uh, every single player on the pitch shadows someone else. So when we have the ball, if one of our players has the ball, they'll have a person on the other side that is designated to mark them. Uh, which is very difficult because it's not something you face often in, in world football anymore. There is gagging pressing, but it's more zonal and it's more team tactic rather than being man to man. And what a lot of people say is uh, it's very confusing if you're not prepared for it. And uh, it can be, it have two effects. It can either make the match incredible and fast pace and back and forth, or it can absolutely just kill the thing off. Um, they like to play fast on the counter. They have, they have talent sprinkled throughout. Casillas in goal, he's a three-time Champions League winner, albeit on the bench for Real Madrid. He was part of those Real Madrid squads. Uh, they sign him halfway through that uh, Amazon season that you're watching right now, uh, Andrew, and it is a big deal because they did have goalkeeper issues. But he's a seasoned world-class goalkeeper. The fact that someone from Real Madrid's bench would choose to go to a championship squad that wasn't even guaranteed a Premier League spot says a, says a lot about the quality of the project that's going on at Leeds. Um, and yeah, like David said, it's been 16 years since they've been in the Premier League. Uh, the stat to look for going into the match is that if James Milner does start, he will have featured in the last 31 premiership matches for Leeds. And that dates back to 16 years ago. And just this week, I don't remember his name. One of the players that James Milner had played with in one of those matches just turned 56 years old. And it's just a ridiculous <laughs> thing. <laughs> Obviously it's James like Milner. Older than my parents, man. Somebody's grandpa, yeah. <laughs> we all know, we all know about Leeds because of James Milner. Obviously when, 
uh, Klopp first came to Liverpool. I don't know if people remember this, but he talked about how uh, James Miller wouldn't shut the fuck up about Leeds United all the time in training, and he kept bothering him about Leeds United and them trying to come back into the Premier League. <laughs> uh, it's been a long journey for them. They're excited to be there. They are a big, massive club. Uh, 1999, I believe, they went to a Champions League semifinal before it all be- began to fall apart. They used to have Viduka, Harry Kuehl, Nick Barnby, Danny Mills. They had, they had class players. But, hey, they overspent in the transfer market. They couldn't sustain themselves. Uh, and oh, moral of stories, Jordan. Damn it. <laughs> anyway, there's always I a moral, Andrew. I personally am very excited to have Leeds back into the Premier League. I think uh, the interesting part about them is that they will be a tough match for the reasons I outlined tactically. And for us personally, that's not great, but you got to remember they play all of our rivals twice in a season, too. So you got to, so you're thinking, so not to get too far ahead, but you're thinking what, like a, a KG 1 0? Well, well, we'll get to there for our match. We'll get to that. What I'm, what I'm talking well, about right now yeah. is that, you know, like last year Norwich beat Manchester City. And, and sure, part, sure. Of, part of winning the league is that other teams have to do jobs for you, right? Sure. And this is a team that can go to the big teams and give them trouble. Um, they aren't going to yeah. be flawless. I don't expect them to be flying up the top half, but I do expect that their brand of football is going to give a lot of people trouble, uh, and including some of the big teams. Um, the, the thing about them is, is you know, like you look at Norwich the the year before they come up, where they finished that season. I don't even know. I don't. Even, did they even make the playoffs? They, are, that they were season? they were record winning championship uh, champions. Right when they came up, but the year yeah. before that, oh, yeah, where yeah, were yeah. they? I don't. I'm not even sure. You know, and um, I don't even think they made the playoffs the season before. No, where you're right. This, they, what makes this kind of this Leeds team a little bit unique is that they've been on this journey and they've been pretty consistent. They barely didn't get in automatically last season as the second place finisher and end up losing in the playoffs. Unfortunately, they kind of had the wheels come off at the end of the season, kind of after the whole Spygate thing or whatever they called it. But <laughs> <laughs> then they come back from that, you know, kind of how does it, what do we say about, the Reds all the time, right? Part of what has defined them is the way that they've, they've come back from adversity. Well, leads fall short, and how did they respond? They went out and won the damn thing and get in as champions of the, of the championship. So they've got a lot of character. They've got a, a good mentality, and like I said, a good manager. So, yeah, I think they will be dangerous. I think they will upset some teams, and I, can't, I really hope that they have fans in the stadium when United goes to Leeds. Because <laughs> they hate each other. So. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a big. Oh, go ahead, Andrew. Sorry, but do we think? Do you think we'll they'll stay up? Oh yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, I think they'll stay up. Just because, like, the the problem for a majority of championship teams when they come up, um, and they have like an identity is that, like, you know. They're just not good enough all around to get through it. What the difference here for Leeds is that most of those teams, like Norwich last year, I don't know anything about their manager. I don't even remember his name anymore. Uh, right. You know? Some German um, guy. Yeah. German guy. I know that. It's kind of like when Eddie Howe came up with Bournemouth all those years ago where they had an identity, they had a project they had built together, they had a manager that knew what he was doing. The difference here is that Marco Bielsa is like a legend in, in the world of football. Like if you read any – type of tactical book on football tactics, there's going to be a section on Marco Bielsa. Uh, he has influenced the world game, you know, 
like I said, Pep Guardiola, Jose Mourinho, if, if you were to get him in a room and ask them about Marco Bielsa, they probably could go on for hours and hours about his influence. He, he's the step between your old style defensive football where we all track back and get into shape and gang pressing. He's like the middle bridge to that. Um, and yeah, so I think they'll stay up because you know, they have class on the pitch. Calvin Phillips in the midfield. You mentioned him, his grandmother earlier. He just got his first England call up. Patrick Bamford's a bit of a championship legend, but like, you know, if he can kick on and score goals in the Premier League, he becomes one of those strikers like a Colin Wilson or like a Danny Ings, really, who, you know, comes up with a promotion team, proves that they can do score goals in the league and then moves on. Um, they obviously have a world-class goalkeeper, you know, uh, not to stress it again. And yeah, they have talent all over the pitch and that character, like Dave said, they've, they've persevered before. So I think they'll stay up. Um, and, and if they can get fans, it will be a lot better for them because it's one of those grounds that you just don't want to go to. And yes, I want to see Man United leads with at Ellen road with the crowd packed old war of the roses vibes. Cause that's what it is. You know, it goes all the way back to the war of the roses. Um, do your British history research. Um, oh, that's that's a big ass, man. And so, like, you know, <laughs> it just it, – and also, I want him to stay up because, you know, fuck these – fuck a Bournemouth. I want all of the classic football clubs in the league. <laughs> I, I, I don't want Bournemouth. I don't fucking want Brighton. Can't be bothered. You know, I want the uh. historical clubs I want in the trips to Villa Park and Ellen Road and, and – I'd like to get back to like Stadium of Light one day or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I want like, yeah, like no, that's the, yeah, that's what I want is like those big, like, like feral crowds. And, and more, <laughs> and more Northern football too. Like more yeah. Northern football is so much better than London football. So if we can get fucking West Ham relegated and we can get Crystal Palace out of the fucking league as well. And we can just get more Northern teams up in in the league. It'd be good. And we have kind of a rivalry with Leeds just from a, su- a success standpoint. They were a competitive rival for a while uh, until they so drastically fell off. Um, and yeah, of course, they have a link to Gary McAllister and everyone knows how I feel about Gary McAllister. And yeah, so I would like for them to stay up and I think they will stay up, Andrew, uh, for all those reasons. But <laughs> we can talk about Leeds for forever and ever, but this isn't a Leeds podcast, is it? Let's no. talk about Let's talk about these boys right here these boys right oh, here. the best team in the world um yes the best team in the still the reigning world champions unfortunately we can no longer talk about reigning europe now forget europe do, they're, they're better i do europe. believe europe is in the world so <laughs> take that for what, it, for what it is they're champs of the world <laughs> and europe falls kids, you didn't know you were getting that today did you <laughs> europe not on mars europe is on planet earth it is whether it is flat or round it is there uh so let's talk about these boys how do you expect us to line up, Andrew? Oh, man. Why'd you go to me, Coach? Um, all right. So we have my, my cousin from another mother, uh, Andy Robinson on the left. We have uh, Van Dyke, uh, Gomez, Trent, Allison, of course, my boyfriend, uh, Fabinho. I, I, want, I want Keita to start. Um, and then, you know, based on preseason, you know, maybe he goes 4-2-3-1 and maybe – Maybe he does Minamino, Salah, uh, Firmino, and Mane. And just have okay. Keita and Fabinho as the two. Um, yeah, I guess if, the, if he goes to 3-3-3 or 4-3-3, then obviously the front three, and then Keita, um, Fabinho, and Henderson. 
Yeah, I guess those, those are those are the, the two talk. I guess points of debate is what formation do we run out and who's in the midfield really. Um, so, David, what do you think? Uh, I think Trent has probably not been in training long enough, so I don't know if he'll feature. Uh, then the question becomes: Who plays right back? Do you give Nico Williams a run, or do you maybe put like James Milner in there? I think he'll. You know, I think I'm going to guess that he gives Nico a run at it. Um, you have Gomez, Van Dyke, and Robertson. That's that picks itself, as does Allison. Uh, I think maybe he does opt for Milner because I don't think Henderson is ready yet, uh, coming off that injury. I don't know how, what his training schedule's been like. Ha, I don't know how have, did we see him in this last? Uh, no, he did not. He didn't even make the bench. He didn't make the bench. So, so I I can't see him playing in this. So I think um, maybe he puts Milner in place of him. A big thing that's got to happen is that it's uh, it's coming out today that uh, he and Jeannie are going to have a discussion when Jeannie comes back from Holland duty. At that point, we'll maybe we'll know what Jeannie's future is going to hold, and this weekend maybe kind of telling about that. Um, if he doesn't start, I'm sure the reports will go wild. <laughs> but if he does start, and it's it'll be him and Fabinho. I think it's Milner, Fabinho, and then Keita, or else. It's uh, Kate, Fabinho, and Wijnaldum. So it'll kind of be telling there. And I think the front three, uh, you know, picks itself again. And he'll go to um, Minamino probably first chance he gets because he's looked really good. But, uh, you know, we'll see. I, there is this theory floating around that maybe we're going to change the way we play a little bit this year and become more, instead of pacey wing play, have more of a focus on build-up play in the middle and you know, play in tight spaces but um, that's not going to happen right away, most likely. I think that's an evolution that comes in the coming months. So for now, we're still going to play that 4-3-3. I think we are going to spray balls wide still, for at least for a little while longer. So, yeah, um, the midfield is the main thing. So you, you, if you, so you're, you're going with Keita, Vinaldum, Fabinho. If if Vinaldum stays, oh, otherwise it's Milner, Keita, Fabinho, and we can all assume that. <laughs> yeah, and I think our, I think Milner will play no matter what. Uh, it'll just be a question of in what position. And you know who, who knows? He could just put. Actually, I could be wrong. He could play Joe Gomez at right back, and put Matip alongside Van Dyke. I mean, That's would true. would that shock you? No. So yeah. All right, Darius. What do you th- what, what are your what are you thinking? Yeah, I definitely agree with Dave that uh, we're going to see the four two three one at some point. It's just not going to be quite yet. They kind of need to get everyone in and go through it. I mean, I'm I'm sure they got through a lot of that when they were um, up in the mountains, going through everything in Austria, going through their training. But I'm expecting to see four three three. I'm thinking it's going to be the standard back four. I'm thinking they'll just plug Trent in because I mean, outside of maybe a little bit of drop in conditioning, I don't expect them to be too far off it. And then in the midfield, that's where it gets a little interesting. I'm thinking Fabinho at the anchor. I'm definitely banking on seeing Nabi Keita. But I don't think Henderson is completely out of the running. I mean, he has been in training over the last few days. I just don't think you would expect to see him for 90 if you do see him. But, I mean, maybe we'll end up seeing him come in later in the game. Maybe kind of like um, a couple years ago he came off the bench uh, against West Ham in that opener. Could be like that. Um, But then if it's not some combination of him, Wijnaldum, then maybe you do get a little experimental and put uh, Takumi Minamino in as the number 10 in the midfield because don't think you're going to see Oxlade-Chamberlain. I'm not sure if it'll be Milner. Maybe you do see Milner then on that, um, on that right-hand side, but um, 
I don't know. Maybe this is the game to get a little experimental, but front three, it's going to pick itself. You're going to see the standard Mane, Firmino, and Salah. So for me, uh, in the lineups, looking at it, like I agree with everyone, pretty much the back line picks itself. Uh, in regards to right back, uh, I think because Trent played for England, I think that he does get in. Uh, although I wouldn't be surprised, like David suggested, if it is Nico Williams or even if we do shift Joe Gomez out there and let my boy Joe Amatip uh, take back his second center back spot. Uh, <laughs> up front, same thing. The front three picks themselves, uh, no doubt. In the midfield, I think the key thing is, given that Leeds does like to press man-to-man, you need players that can beat players in space and in one-on-ones. So I think you're more inclined to pick Genie Vinaldum and Nabi Keita. Of course, Genie Vinaldum if he's staying, um, because they're both so good uh, in tight spaces and beating players one-on-one. Uh, I always think about uh, Genie in that Barcelona game, just skinning three of them uh, with, with surrounded by Barca players and they're just carrying the ball forward, just using that, that magnificent uh, ass of his to create space. Um, so, but yeah, I think, I think it's going to be key that the, we have players that can be players in one-on-one, especially in that midfield. Um, so I would be inclined to go Fabinho, Naby Keita, Gini Vinaldum. Although we do have to remember it is Leeds. It would be, I mean, you don't want to pick on feelings, but Klopp always seems to want to have one of James Milner or Henderson on the pitch. And if Henderson isn't fit, then he's usually picking Milner because he wants that presence on the field. So it probably is Milner, Vinaldum, and Fabinho. Um, although I would like to see Keita in there. Uh, but anyways, uh, with the lineups out of the way for Liverpool, let's do little predictions. Let's Who do you got? Maybe pick a goal scorer or two. And the result, let's start with you, Darius. I'm thinking it's going to be something like a 3-1-4-1. Liverpool are probably going to give up some crap goal because they're going that full court press going from Leeds man to man. Gosh, that's going to be interesting to see. I'm expecting somebody to go out there just like old days, Duke slap the floor, get into a defensive position like that. Unbelievable to think man marking across the whole pitch, but I'm thinking they'll probably get something kind of in the same way where we saw in the, um, in the last friendly for Liverpool against Blackpool, where just, it's early season. We're going to see mistakes happen. Don't be surprised to see some just crap goal that goes in. But ultimately, Liverpool are class. They're going to go and get some goals. I'll say, give me one for Nobby. Give me one for Mo. Give me one for Bobby. And then Takumi coming off the bench. Wow. wow. Mane gets no love in the front three. Shame <laughs> on Get two assists. How about a couple of assists? You better take that jersey down right now. (laughs) (laughs) Andrew, hit me with your prediction. Dude, you know how pessimistic I am. Every game I go into a game thinking, "Uh, you know, I'll take a 1-0. As a nail-biter as that is. um, Hell, last season against Norwich, I was like, you know what? We'll probably win (laughs) 1-0. And look what happened. So I'm notoriously horrible at at predictions, but – I want a 1-0, and, and what would make me, as far as a goal scorer is concerned, I mean, it can be 4-0, whatever, but I want Salah to score because Twitter's freaking out that Salah hasn't been playing well in the preseason and the last few games and whatnot. So just for him to ease the fans and ease my anxiety as well, if he just scores, Mane scores, everything will be fine. I'll yeah, be able to drink a beer in, in, in peace. <laughs> 
if Salah doesn't score, we have to have a real discussion about that haircut and whether or not he's stunted he's his powers. Right he's not yeah, aerodynamic I'll, anymore. So that's what I'm going to think. I'm thinking that I'll be – because we have DM credentials with Marco Gruich. So I'll DM Marco to ask him if he can DM Salah's wife and be like, yo, let him grow it out. Don't cut yeah. that stuff anymore. That, it's no, not no. working out, clearly. Have you ever read the story of Samson before he cuts his hair? He loses his power. That's how it goes. Yeah, that's how it went for me. Uh, I will I'll jump in here next. Oh, go ahead, David. I like how Marco Gruyich DMs are at the center of all of our <laughs> plans. Like, <laughs> yeah, man. It's a claim to fame. We we have we have DM credent we have DMs uh, street cred with Marco. That's why he can't leave. <laughs> DM street cred with Marco. Lucas Leva retweeted my meme. What's the next step, right? Like, what is, what is the last one, right? Okay. Oh, yeah, he likes right. everything on Instagram. Get Jose Enrique. He right, we'll get Jose Enrique involved. And we'll just grow our clout, our, our DM, <laughs> Instagram, Twitter posting clout. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I'll jump in here with a prediction. Um, I think it'll be a lot like you mentioned Norwich last year. Uh, Darius mentioned it as well. There's mistakes in it. I think it'll be a lot like last year's opener where we probably do gift them like a goal or two maybe but I do think we are comfortable up going forward. Uh, Leeds are good and they did really well in the championship, but it's the premier league and it's not just any team they're facing. It's the champions they're facing and they will undoubtedly raise their level, but I just don't know if they're ready to man mark across the pitch, uh, a team like ours and a team that kind of welcomes that, you know, we do very well when teams want to press us. Um, So, Hey, maybe Marco Bielsa has a trick up his sleeve. And he'll come out and pack, park a bus and pack it in. I just don't see it. Uh, he's a man of identity. He sticks to his identity. So, for me, I'll go f- exactly the same to score as last year's opener with 4-2. Uh, and I think, the, I think Mane gets a couple. I, Mo will score a goal. Uh, and we'll get a cheeky goal out of midfield. Hopefully, Genie Vinaldo, and he rips his shirt off. And it's uh, a shirt with a Xerox copy of his new contract right there. And he's like, <laughs> And then he pulls that one up, and it's a picture of Tiago holding up his new Liverpool kit, and we've signed him. <laughs> and that's my prediction. epic, man. What's wow. your prediction, Dave? <laughs> oh man, it's a strange season in a strange world. I don't know what to do. It's gonna. I feel like what a way to kick it off would be like total bizarre world. I'll go eleven seven to the Reds. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I'm just kidding. uh, I would say I think it is going to be a little bit tighter because we're going to expect them to be open, and you would think that we would come flying out. We just popped seven past Blackpool, right? So, like, we're not exactly going to shy away from this game. First game back is defending champions. Uh, It's tempting to think that, you know, it's going to be wide open, but I actually don't think that it will be. I think that it'll be a little bit careful from both sides. Um, and really physical. I do expect a physical game. So I'm going to say 2-1 to the Reds. Behind goals from Fabinho and Bobby. The Brazilians give us too. A long-distance screamer or from Fabinho? Yes. He only scores yes. bangers. Bro. And Bobby scores from on the goal line and catches flack for it on Twitter like you wouldn't believe but it He's doesn't not a real number nine. No looks, it, so it doesn't matter. No looks, back heels on the line. <laughs> yeah. On the goal line. Oh. Everybody's like, he's the king of the tap-in. Oh, and so before we close out the episode, <laughs> Andrew has a little anecdote and insider information on a Leeds player that he once yeah. met. Uh, so, go ahead. So, yeah, I had, I, had done, I had done forgot. But 
so Barry Douglas is a Scottish international uh, left back for Leeds. And I realized in my time living in Poland, he played for the same club as Lewandowski before he went to Dortmund, uh, Lech Poznan, that's the city I was living. And um, it was right before the international break, the day of, I guess, the weekend of. So they had a game, I think they won, and a bunch of the players came out to the club that I, the nightclub that I used to go to. Because I lived in the city center, walking distance to the nightclub, ladies and gentlemen. I was living the life. It was fantastic. And uh, we got him for free because it was the only Latin club in the city. And, you know, me being Latin, I knew the owners and all that stuff. So it is what it is. But so uh, Barry, so I was talking to him and uh, he, so fun fact, his favorite drink is uh, vodka and Red Bull. Definitely. He had like three or four of those. He bought me a couple. But <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the funniest things I said, I asked him, I was like, hey, man, I was giving him shit. I was like, hey, so uh, when are you going to play for Scotland? When are you going to get called up? He, he just did one of these, like, oh, mate, nah, I'm, ne- I'm never going to play for Scotland. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> just shows his confidence. But I will say this as, like, I went to a few games when I was living there, um, and he was fantastic for them. I remember this free kick, a couple free kicks that he did score. He's great on a corner delivery, you know, and, and a, a lot of respect. He's kind of like a, a Trent, a left-footed Trent in terms of his delivery. Obviously not the same quality, but. Uh, yeah, so it was like my first time drinking with a footballer. And then one of the other footballers was this guy, uh, the winger for Hungary. And then that summer was the Euros. Oh, so I thought to myself, yeah, yeah. So and he played in the Euros. And I thought to myself, like, not only can I play with this guy on FIFA, but now I'm watching the Euros and he's playing there too. Like, I, my like, nerdy football fan, like, oh, I know this guy. Because, you know, being American, it's like, we don't know these players. We don't meet these people, you know. And then you play with Marco Gruich and you're like, I can DM that guy. Yeah, <laughs> I have a photo with him. Like he's so, he basically invited me to dinner. Like, what no, yeah. Going? And so, with that anecdote, if you see Barry Douglas on the team sheet, you and Andrew can be filled with anxiety thinking about his left foot and whether or not. He'll oh, dude, stand I'll over. be so scared because, dude, if he gets, if Fabinho gives a foul and he's is he's taking the free kick, I'll be worried. No, I'm not joking. I'll be worried. He's has a good left foot. I'm not joking. The left footed Trent, watch out, guys. Yes, guys you know how stressed I get. I'm so stressed. Left-footed Trent drinks like a South Tampa douchebag. Vodka Red Bull, bro. Dude, you know, you know, I get it though. Think about it. The nutrition. Vodka has a, lot, a little calorie. The nutrition. You know, the nutrition. You know, he can't drink a beer. It's too. It's too fattening. Too many carbs. He's got to drink the. Hey. It's the keto diet or whatever it was. This was before keto was a thing. But hey, vodka, the healthy option. It's gluten free, baby. I don't know vodka and water. Because uh, yeah, it, it is. If you, have, if you have a vodka company, uh, hit us up. We will. We'll, spot, we will gladly sponsor. Hashtag nutrition. We'll have Andrew reach out and see if Barry Douglas will read your ad on our podcast. <laughs> yes. That's something to look forward to, absolutely. Yeah, you'll have a Premier League footballer reading your ad. (laughs) So, until next time, I'm Jordan. I'm Andrew. I'm I'm Darius. We kind (laughs) of got it in there. It's Tampa Bay Cop Talk. It's always off the the rails a little bit. Until next time, up the Reds. See you Saturday. Drink more vodka. Up the Reds, guys. Stick to the vodka, yeah. Nutritional (laughs) vodka.